Rolla to a quarterback who is in there at running back getting the touchdown. Williams is on the sideline. They bring in the other number five and hand it to him. Off play action, slow this over the middle. Another interception. And it's another linebacker. It's Kafusi picking this one off. And he takes it back to the 26-yard line. It's a design quarterback run for Wilson straight ahead. First down and touchdown. BYU has the lead again. Gonna throw. Zips it. Passes tipped. It was picked off. The game is over. It is intercepted. The Wallace got it for the Cougars. Look at Will walking in here, big smile on his face. Everything is good in the world right now. Utah, forget about that team for a moment. It's all about BYU right now. As you kick off your Cougar preview show, Utah, you get your day tomorrow as you get ready for USC. But for today, it's BYU getting a big win and getting set for a big showdown coming up on Saturday. Will, how are you, man? Hey, Will. Hey, man. It's Wednesday, baby. That's you already know what what that means for me. I get the chance to come in here, hang out with great individuals, uh, talk about football for two hours straight. Um, so it, it's a good day. It's a good good day, and I'm excited for the matchup for Saturday, guys. I, I, I've got some. I think I have some insight. Um, I know that uh, I know that you were excited about this win. I, I know that you called this win. Yes, I did. But I do know that there was some consternation when you were first throwing down your predictions. You know, you had some hesitation. And I want people to understand, Will didn't just walk into this and say, oh, BYU's winning. There was a lot of back and forth and a lot of thought behind this. A lot of struggle, too. I mean, I, I, obviously being a BYU graduate and, and, and playing there and, and not being a true media guy, this isn't something I do for a long period of time. I, I want to spend my time actually evaluating the games and uh, looking at a few things. And I spent a lot of time last week with trying to, de- de- trying to decide on uh, how this game was going to end up. And it ended exactly how I thought it would. I thought the coaches coached a, a lot of how I thought they would do it, and uh, I have a feeling on this week too. There's going to be some 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 uh, wrinkles that uh, make for a very 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 exciting weekend. A very exciting weekend. So I want to I want to back up a little bit because uh, Hans and I have talked about this, but I want to get this from your perspective. USC takes the opening drive and just boat races down the field. Yeah, scores a touchdown, makes it look extremely easy. Um, was there a moment in your mind watching that thinking? Oh, boy. Well, no, I mean, obviously there's a little bit of nerves. Like, okay, there's, there's, these guys have some dudes that can, can get it going. Um, but I, I, the biggest thing I said to myself when I watched him go down, I just said, don't panic. Just stay with the game plan and trust the process. And um, that's exactly what they did. So I, I didn't panic too much. But, I, I mean, there was no question that USC has guys that can flat out play football. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't surprised that they had a nice drive and started strong. And um, my biggest thing was how would BYU respond and would they respond with coming out five wide and try and throw it every single time would it would it look like a panic or would they run their game plan and that's exactly what they did and um knew that there's four quarters of gameplay so 
And I think you're going to see the same type of thing this week in the same type of game. I'm not saying who's going to win the game. I'm saying you're going to see the same type of game. A lot of talent is coming in this weekend, a lot of talent. Um, and uh, obviously the no-brainer is uh, Washington's going to come in here and smack BYU. That's just the no-brainer when you're talking about a team that started the season 14th in the country. Um, you know, their Rose Bowl. Did they win the Rose Bowl last year? I can't remember. They didn't win the Rose Bowl, did they? They played in the Rose Bowl last year. Who? Washington. Washington. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. But, but, because I, but, but regardless, you're talking about a team that has experience, have a great coaching staff. Um, the, the talent is they're loaded with talent, and uh, so uh, I oh. wouldn't be surprised if they come in and uh, Ohio. Do Ohio State got them 28-23. 28-23. So you're talking about a team that you know is has, has been to the to the highest, and um, it should be exciting to see how BYU can respond. As you kind of let the dust settle on that BYU-USC win and you think back to the big plays, the big moments, what were some of the, who were some of the key players and what were some of the key aspects of that game that, that made it go in BYU's direction? Well, the players played great, but more importantly, they trust the coaching. The, the, what we've talked about so much is what the players have done, but really you just have to take your hat, hat off to that entire coaching staff of putting together the best pl- game plan you possibly can could to keep those guys in the game. I always, you know, people get mad at me when I'm just talking to regular buddies or regular BYU fans about the reality of the talent difference that USC has, you know, speed and, and all of those different things to what BYU has. It's a different world. And so these coaches are under paid for what they have to do to compete with a program that has 41 four stars and however many five stars i mean they have the guys who fit what every college program is looking for doesn't mean you're going to win every game but it does give you a much better shot when you have the measurements the speed all the things that everyone's looking for including a lot of nfl teams right you're looking for the measurements that fit what we're trying to do so um I can't. I mean, I'm really going to talk about the coaches. I mean, you know what Kyrus did. You know what their top guys did. They played great, but it's really putting together a game plan that fits what BYU can do well. And so, if BYU does that, if they do that every single week, if that coaching staff stays focused on what they have, not what they don't have, not what the other team has, what they have, they can game plan and stay in any game because of the. Uh, because of the players that, that they have. And obviously it's been a, a few years. This is a very good BYU football team. It's a very good BYU football team. They're good up front. The O-line is stout. The D-line has shown, uh, a, I mean, a lot. Um, now, is USC's offensive line as good as what Washington has? No, but I know Washington has some guys dinged up. The question is, is BYU dinged up? And and it's hard to get through, you know, this stretch, three games, four games, and stay healthy. And that is a concern I have for BYU going into Saturday. Can you answer some of those questions about just the overall health of this defense? Because we did see some guys leave the field, whether it was Isaiah Kafusi or Keenan Peely or Chaz Ayu, uh, Zane Anderson. Did not play, did it? Yeah. So Zane, what did he come in for just a couple plays and, and yeah. then that shoulder just flared up? I know yeah. he's dealing with some yeah, real I, issues. I really don't expect to see Zane this week and, and – 
I, I, I don't expect to see Zayn this week. I don't expect to see Chaz Hallyu this week. Um, I, I think that, I think they're going to have some that, challenges. That's a problem there. There's, there's going to be some challenges. But what I do know is the coaching staff is smart, and we get so caught up with players. I mean, really, really, when you look at a football team, it's about a lot. You can have all the talent in the world, but you have to execute that talent. Execution is the key to football. And whoever they put out there, they have to execute. So I'm not going to panic with the guys. That just comes down to the – that comes with the, the – the, with the territory of playing football. You're playing a physical game. Uh, it's the most physical game out there. Guys are going to get dinged up, and um, we'll see if those guys can go. But I do expect to see some guys that you haven't seen play hands step in and, and get their shot. And, you know, I mean, I've been on teams before where, you know, a guy's been sitting in the reins who who, who really had the skill set to play, but he's just behind someone and it doesn't work out. And there's politics, there's this, that, there's that. And then all of a sudden he gets out there and he starts making plays and, and, and you find out he might have been the best guy all along. Um, so I, I think you bring up a really good point there because Zane missed you know all but just a couple snaps and but and and I'm I'm spacing the name of the guy who came in and spelled him. Wilgar. Uh, was it Wilgar or was it? Are you Tule- talking Tule- about Tule- Yeah, Max oh, Tooley. Yeah, Max Tooley. Yeah. I thought played really well in that game. It really was. was that about Max or was it about coaches putting Max in a good situation to be successful? I think it's about it's about both. I mean, yeah. what people and, and this is why you know I, I always argue with people and, and in my business, the hardest thing for me is to help my players understand how to look at opportunities of where you're going. So, for example. Um, Puka Nakua. Let's talk about Puka. He's at Washington. Um, there's no way that if Puka committed to Utah or BYU, he wouldn't be the dude this year, right? Yeah, at BYU, he would definitely be a dude who's catching the ball. And I'm not knocking Washington. I love Puka, and I, I think it's great that he's there. But it's just a different level of recruiting consistently, the consistency of guys who everyone runs 4-4. Everyone runs 4-5 that plays receiver for us. Everyone's 6-3. So now all of a sudden, at BYU, you don't have that same amount amount of you just don't have that same amount of competition so i like to try and help my players understand really look at what's the best fit for you are you just chasing the biggest biggest school or is that the best fit for you is that where you can go in and be a guy right now this time i tell noah sewell all the time he's the best player in the state no question i would love to see him stay right here in utah right here at the university of utah the linebacker unbelievable player i work with a lot of players and talk to a lot of players and and i'm trying to help them understand are you chasing the biggest school or the best opportunity for you for your education and for you to be a to to be able to to lead the team so yeah i think that wilgar played great and i think you're going to see some other backers that come in this week and they're going to be called upon and they're going to have to step up and make plays Scotty brings up a great point. Thule was fantastic. Wilgar had the interception, looked really good. There, and then there are guys that we've known could play the game but have taken a year off or injuries, and, and one of those guys is Micah Simon. Oh, man. Micah Simon has come a long way just in the couple of games that I've seen him in. Yeah, and I think a lot of that's mental. I mean, Micah always has been a guy who could play. He played as a freshman. He's been a guy that they had big plans for. But, you know, you go up and down, and, and you start out – sometimes you start out bad – um, which he did last year, dropping balls, just wasn't – regardless, he had lost some type of confidence, and now he's bounced back, and he's probably the best receiver they have. I was really impressed with him in that USC game. Uh, there there were really two points that I was extremely impressed with him. But even when I'm watching film and I'm watching the zone option or the zone read option on the outside. Dude blocks. 
Watch him lock up. <laughs> He's a dog. Uh, I, I could pull up one of my video reviews, Scotty, and I could show you. He actually takes his corner. It, it was a zone read option run to the short side of the field, which is difficult because yeah. it's already an isolated area. And that forces a receiver to be aggressive on the corner to get him out of that shortened area. And he basically takes this corner, locks him up, and runs him right out of bounds. And it's like, all right, kid wants to play. A lot of times I won't judge a running back by how he runs, and I won't judge a receiver by how he he catches. I'll judge them by how they work off the ball. That's that's key. And if if I see – and that's the other thing I could talk about with Tyson Williams. I put in a video review of Tyson Williams coming backside, coming backside, yeah. blowing a guy up, yeah. and and I put I put together a film review showing Micah Simon doing things off ball that are are unique that that change the game experience, the it, team experience. It, 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 I'll just and and that is that really is looking at the game totally different because I've told you guys year, for years for, for several times that when I was playing when I first got to BYU I did not want to block anyone, not no so. Anyone, Scotty. It did not matter who it was. I did not want to block them. So it took a lot of coaching and a lot of mentality change in me to decide, know what, Will, you're going to have to get out there and be a guy who wants to block. It's a change because most of the every running back who got to college, why did they get there? Every, every feature back who got to college, why are they there? Because they can run the ball. Everyone can run the ball. Every receiver who got to college, these are, these, they were elite in high school, catching the ball, scoring touchdowns like every running back. But, but very few of us had to actually be doggish and go out there and block someone. So they've got the right guys. And that's what you're talking about that keep them in a game against a school like USC. You're willing to do the little things. You're willing to block. This game is a game of inches. And at the end of the day, BYU is doing what it takes to win close games and if they'll stay in if they'll stay in their lane they're extremely dangerous this year can Kairos Tonga be a full-time fullback <laughs> you, you saw that play yeah, yeah I love it it's unbelievable yeah that's uh, a big man back there Kairos is running people over his first step has looked really good on the defensive side of the ball he looks healthy again and and how about Kofinsis just jumping in not a quarterback I mean people we take that for granted too getting under the center taking a snap cold off the sideline flipping and turning the ball and then leading through the through mm-hmm. the through lead blocking I mean it's 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 fun what they're doing with some creative stuff I went through the pitfalls of, of those kinds of creative plays with got it yesterday talking about you know you build an erector set and the bigger it is and the more working parts the more likely it won't function the way you want it to function and that's how a lot of these trick plays and gadget plays you know the reverse throwback to to zach wilson and those kinds of things that's how they are they take time they take a lot of preparation but when run properly they can be highly effective, and they can change momentum. Oh, yeah. I mean, what I was, when I played hands, I was involved with two of our offensive trick plays. One was like a double reverse where I came out, and I caught a, I caught a touchdown pass my freshman year on that play and caught a big catch against uh, Mississippi State up the sideline um, in that play. And then I also had, I was the person responsible for throwing the toss passes and the reverse passes because I, you know, I was a ex-quarterback in high school, but never got a chance to throw a pass in a game. Uh, thanks a lot, Norm Chow. But at the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it does take time, and these are things these guys are practicing all the time, and you never know when it's going to be called upon. It's not, not something you go into the game knowing, oh, yeah. we're going to run this. It's just something that, hey, the opportunities it come, fits. we got to be able to do it. They don't say, hey, if we see this look, we're going to this. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. But not usually. When they don't usually, and you don't have time to tell the kids either. I mean, I, yeah. it's not something that, it's just not something that you do. Well, it's funny because, you know, Utah State 
has been really gracious and kind of let me behind the scenes on game plans and stuff like that. And so, you know, sometimes they'll say, hey, you know what? If we see this, we might pull out this trick play or we might mm-hmm. do this, keep an eye out for that. And then sometimes I'll see a trick play. I'll go back to the coach. I'm like, hey, how about a heads up on that stuff? He's like, <laughs> yeah. we weren't really planning on it. Yeah, we just, just saw something saw we liked in the middle of the game and saw an opportunity and went with it. Yep. Well, if, for instance, the, uh, the, the quarterback throwback to quarterback that I was talking about, you put Jaron Hall in the slot. It's a th- it's a pitch to Jaron. Jaron fakes the reverse, then throws back to Zach Wilson, who's streaking down the sideline. That play came directly following an interception. Yep, you take a shot. That's Jeff Grimes or Aaron Roderick or Steve Clark or Fessy Stuck, one of the, the coordinators that they've got on this team that looks at each other like, hey, we're going to strike big and strike hard. I want that fake quarterback reverse. Let's go score. It's the same thing. You know, Think about Boise State when they beat Oklahoma in overtime. That they were they preparing that, that two-point conversion. They've been doing that. Uh, what was it? The, the Statue of Liberty. But you, you understand when they're on the drive, Chris Peterson's in the, in the, in the headset saying, we're going for two. Uh, make sure that we have everyone ready. We're in a, we're in a gold statue. Yeah. That, that that's that you see that the killer instinct. We're ready to attack right now, and that's kind of what you're saying when the pick happened. It's like right on the on the headset. Hey, get Jaron ready. We're going. So, it's fun fun stuff, man. It's fun stuff. Mm. So, any uh, any concern about an emotional hangover? No. I don't think the emotional hangover is going to be there. These guys are riding high, but they understand what they have to do. See, it's the emotional hangover that I was concerned about is being smacked by Utah, losing to Utah nine straight, and then just in having so much energy packed into that one. They bounce back and they beat the Tennessee team that they needed to beat. They bounce back and beat the USC the team that they needed to beat. So right now, these guys have enough leadership where they're realizing we have a shot in every single game. And now, guys, I talk about traps. I talk about traps. There is no one in the country who wants to come in to play BYU this Saturday at 1.30, prime time in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That place is going to be rocking. I mean, you know what the BYU fan, fan base is like, especially when they're winning. I expect to see the fans going crazy. I think it's going to be a little bit tough for Washington when they come in here. They've got to expect, they, they, they have to be very, very ready. So you mentioned wrinkles and we're watching this USC game, and we talked about you know 80, 85% RPO against Tennessee on the road, the run-pass option. And we were talking about four downs and man coverages and all kinds of stuff that we've seen you know variations of from this defense in the, in the first two games, Tennessee and Utah. They come in against USC, and they go to multiple play calls. I'm talking, I maybe saw 15, 20% RPO. Yeah. It was probably a complete reversal in film review. I saw more play calls, and that was one thing that was unique. You're talking about wrinkles. The other thing that was unique was three downs, dropping eight, and having run-read recognition from your three linebackers to fill gaps. It was, it was just like, Scotty, it was like they... They wadded up the pa- pieces of paper from Tennessee and threw yep. it in the trash. And, and I don't know how much time they actually had to make those big changes. I think they may have had some ideas before they went into the USC game, not expecting USC to come in to cover one and heavy press. Wow. And it feels like a lot of those adjustments were made, you know, on the fly. 
Well, drop, dropping eight was I, – I, what do you mean, dropping eight? Was no, I'm play, talking oh, about offensive, offensive play calls. Oh, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, felt, I, felt like, I felt like some of the things we saw with Tyson and the speed, speed option and some of the things that we saw in the gadgetries and – I felt like those were some game time adjustments. The offensive coaches did a, 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 a unbelievable job with that game. Just unbelievable. They did an unbelievable job. There's nothing else to say about it. Kalani needs his extension. I mean, you, you don't go in and play the way you played and dominate a team the way and not dominate, but really in the trench. In the they they out coach that staff and everyone can say that Helton's not a good coach. Whatever. That's a very that's a professional coaching staff. If you don't believe it, go look on their on the website and look at what they've done. Look at the accolades that that coaching staff has accomplished. These are, they're not a bunch of losers. They're winners. That's how they got on that staff at USC. BYU out coached them, out schemed them. And outplayed them, and they deserve all the they they really deserve all the respect in the world for that win. All right, one twenty four. Hanson Scotty, just getting things started here on the Cougar Preview Show. Uh, tons of jazz gear here at uh, Tim Daly Infinity. Stop in and uh, claim whatever you want. Also, tickets to the BYU game. If you want tickets, go see BYU in Washington. Come down here, put your name in the hopper for a chance to win those tickets. It's real simple, and you've got a pretty good chance of winning those things. So come down here and claim those tickets at Tim Daly Infinity. We want you to come by here. We'll be here until 3 o'clock, 4594 South State Street. And the great thing about Infinity, you think it's the world-class luxury, which it is, but also affordability, too. A lot of you think there's no way you can get into Infinity. Not so fast. Come down. Check out some of the options that are available for you to get in on one of these Infinities because you you pull into the uh, the old cul-de-sac driving one of these yeah. vehicles, they're going to know it. It's such a great vehicle. You know, you, you just talked about the overall craftsmanship of it. You get in one of these cars, and you feel like you're sitting in pure luxury. Yep. You know, all the design, the gadgets on the dashboard, the, everything, the usage, the control that you have, the safety features, everything is high class in these Infinities. I, I, I would love people to come down and see this showroom. You sit in this vehicle, in a vehicle that you're proud to drive, that you can afford to drive, there's no way you're eating a McDouble in one of these cars. <laughs> no. It's awesome. Kids don't bring crayons into these nope, cars. No crayons. No, in fact, no. no kids allowed in the vehicle. Although I do think that their flooring has uh, crayon protection stuff that crayons lift easily out of. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Tim Daly Infinity just uh, right off that 4500 uh, exit uh, stop by 4594 South State Street here on the Zone Sports Network. If you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy. Ask about the Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, and more. Go to Restore.com for more details. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I got the high school games coming up. And by the way, just a, a side thing, big thanks to Jeremy Brunner for his work in the truck. Always enjoy it when he produces the game. Jeremy's a pro. Oh, I love it. Was that a shot at Adrian? And Damon, I feel like oh, it was. And just so you know, just, just a quick side nod here. I wish Jeremy could be my producer every day. <laughs> I make a comment, and it must be a shot at somebody. Just, it must be. You looked right at Adrian when you were saying. I was talking TV. <laughs> I always get myself in trouble because of you guys. I did not say Jeremy does a great job on TV and Adrian sucks on radio. I did not say that. You did now. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
They know it. I mean, they, they, they know the urgency that's involved with it. And, you know, we, uh, I thought defensively we were able to um, make an air, air raid team rely heavily on the run, and that was a good thing for us, you know. So, uh, and I thought our guys were able to tough it out a little bit. And uh, we asked a lot from that D-line this game, and I thought they did an amazing job in, um, you know, owning the line of scrimmage as much as they did and, and uh, trying to provide a lot of pressure to three-man rush. I think most of the time we were in a three-man or four-man rush. and. Um, you know, and I, I credit our coaches for sticking to the game plan and keep working. I mean, I, I don't. We gave up some big chunk plays, and that's USC has some great talent. And they're able to make some big time plays and big time throws. Uh, but there's one that we gave up that was that was just a, a blown assignment. And then uh, I just love our guys. Just keep playing. They just keep working hard and they keep plugging along. And when we have that type of effort and that type of energy on the sidelines, I think we'll be in a good position. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, Will Snowden. It is your Cougar preview show. Counting you down for another big one. BYU at home taking on Washington. Uh, Will, if, if we would have opened up the year before the Utah game and I said, hey, Will, BYU is going to go 2-2 two and two to start the first four games of the season. You would have taken that in a second, right? Yeah, I would have been, I, I been comfortable with it. You would have sure. been comfortable with that prediction. I'd have been comfortable with it. I, I wouldn't have been happy with it, but I'd have been comfortable with it. I would have. I can see that. I could have seen that. That's kind of what we talked about. Yeah. Um, two and two. I thought they would split Tennessee and USC, and they'd go one and three in this stretch. Yeah. So two and two, I think, is a is a win in my opinion, based on what I expected before the season started. It's just hard when you have an opportunity for three and one in front of you, and you know, to now give up the two and two, but in all likelihood. That's the that that is the preseason prediction, and and that's definitely the feel that you get. But with some of the things that we saw against USC, some of the creativity that we saw against USC, and then some of the gameplay that we saw, it's really hard for me to make this prediction this week. Scotty and I have kind of gone back and forth. I know Scotty feels like this is could be a situation where Washington comes in and looks really good. You know, they cleaned up against Hawaii, and they've got a really good coach that shouldn't be caught by gadgets that shouldn't be caught you know not understanding what's in front of him or not seeing something coming um but we saw defensively you know Kalani Sataki right there was talking about his defensive tackles his nose tackles in particular in the rotation and what they were able to do will Fatea and Tonga did you was this more about them or was this about USC being undermanned at center I, was this about their scheme and the wide gaps from guards? I, yeah, it's a scheme thing. I mean, it's a, it's all those things. I mean, you, Tonga is the real deal. And also it's about Tonga deciding, both of those guys deciding that, you know, it's one of those days, Hans. You've had those days before. You've had those days where whoever lined up in front of you was in trouble. That's what they. That's how dialed in I felt they were on Saturday. It was trouble for whoever it was. That yeah, I mean the wide splits didn't help, but I mean that center had his hands full from jump, from jump. So that happens. I think they were really zoned in. Yeah, this is a hard game to call. This is going to be a really hard game to call because you have a great Washington team coming in, and BYU has shown that they're a very good team, and also that they can play with anyone. That they really can play with anyone. They played with the, they played with Utah. They played with Utah. They made a lot of mistakes against Utah. USC made a lot of mistakes. It's still going to come down to the same thing. Who's going to make the least amount of mistakes on Saturday? Who is going to make the least amount of mistakes on Saturday? But you, Washington has not been away from home yet this year, have they? Uh, no. 
So the, here's our first road trip. The, the, the Washington has a new starting quarterback this year, right? Yep. He hasn't been away from home. He's, he's coming into a total different atmosphere than he's had in Seattle. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, I, I, the Cal game, the, I'm not really counting that as a loss for Washington. They were home, and it got delayed like two hours. I mean, it was it, it was raining, and, you know, the game ended up finishing at like 3 o'clock in the morning. That's a tough one that I can say maybe that affected the game. So, really, Washington, I think they're a very, very, very good team and could easily be 3-0. and um, so who can call it? A lot of people want to know why Matt Bushman is not getting the yardage, the targets, and the catches that uh, an All-American type tight end should get. And I did go back, and I explained it to BYU fans what USC in particular did defensively. They are going to collision him every time he's connected the line. They're collisioning him, and they're pushing him into areas and then they've got a defender, whether it's a nickel or a safety or a linebacker, that's there ready to take him on man. And then they are keeping one over the top. And they did that multiple times. Uh, BYU fans in response to that on Twitter said, wait a second. He is an All-American tight end. He is a huge target. Figure out a way to get him open disconnect him, put him in slot, which they did that a lot. And by the way, Will, you know the game plan for him was, you know what we're going to do is we're going to take everybody's targeting on him and just make him an extra blocker. Suck in those defenders and let him grab the defensive end and lock up. And they did that multiple times with him. Can can you use him to get him into route? And, and would you manipulate the system to – to try to force him in the route and try to force receptions towards him. Well, I'm not going to try and force anything. I want all that attention on him to open up opportunities for everyone else. Now, I, w- I do think you're going to start seeing a little bit more play action from BYU and dumping the ball through play action where he's stepping down hard and then coming out because B- Bushman can run the ball well. I want Bushman to be a little bit more physical and to get more comfortable with blocking and more comfortable with being hit. He really isn't comfortable with it yet, and it- it's something that you have to accept mentally as to say, no, what, I'm playing football. Ball. It's going to be physical. It's going to be nasty, and uh, and I'm I'm going to just embrace it and play a little bit more meaner, a little bit more physical, and I think he'll actually get more balls as well. Um, I think he's getting hit a little bit, and he's not liking that. <laughs> yeah, not liking that much, and and it's something he's going to have to do. I mean, that's kind of been the mo on him forever, though. Like. If it hasn't happened yet, is it going to happen? Well, I think it can. I think it can. Speaking as a guy who didn't love to be physical, yeah, I became very physical. It's 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 everything's a decision, yeah. and he will make that decision because it's either going to make that decision and be or, a a high draft pick, or he's going to keep that decision that I'm not really that physical, and he'll drop in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round when he really is a guy who should be an early draft pick when he comes out. You think he makes that move, Hans? I don't know what to think of him. I, I, I absolutely love him as a receiver. I think he's become an amazing decoy. I'm with Will. There's going to be times this season where you see Bushman, and again, you're like, oh, I remember why people absolutely love that guy. He's going to snag a ball out of the air in a critical third and eight when you've got to continue a drive. And, and like Will said, good chance it'll be off a play-action look where he brings down a defensive end who's trying to collision him and then rolls back out with a boot or a naked. Yeah. And it's dropped out to him. And then he makes a big play. We already saw that he's got some receiving ability that is second to none. I do think it – yeah, Scotty, I do think at some point he is going to become a, a key member of what they're doing offensively. 
Well, I, I, I think that he will be and he should be. My question is, will he embrace some of those other aspects? Will he be He's, a high-level block? Does he have the capability of being a high-level block? He did it to a certain extent because there was an ultimatum put down on him. I know. I mean, last year. You do it or you don't get There were last field. years where he didn't see the field a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he will make the decision. He will make the decision, especially when they have when people are game planning for him. The better the blocker you are, the more open you're going to be when the ball's thrown. Yeah. That's just the reality. They have to really respect you as a blocker. And if he'll if he'll make that change, he'll get even more touches. But still, it's tough when when they're when you're rolling coverage to a guy. That's what you want. Everyone wants to be able to put a take, have a player that someone has to pay so much attention to that now they're putting two guys over or three guys over, which are open up opportunities well, for guys that aren't. We don't. It's, BYU doesn't have elite, 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 elite speed guys, athletes. So this helps them get open. To draw a local comparison, Dennis Pitta was constantly bracketed in his senior year and Max's senior year. They were seniors together, weren't they? I believe so. But that, that year, remember, it was just an unstoppable tandem. And you would watch Max feed right into double coverage to Dennis Pitta. And Dennis, he'd feed it low and down and outside where only Dennis could get to it. But Dennis would come up with those catches. Could it become that between Zach Wilson and Matt Bushman? Definitely. I mean, Bushman is as good as we've had talent-wise at tight end. He has all of the tools. So, but but I'm not getting caught up with. I'm not going to get caught up with forcing something. That's what I don't want BYU to do in the in general. Do not force anything. Don't force the don't don't force the flow of the game. Don't force. We want to be an RPO team, which doesn't make sense right now. Don't force anything. Take what they give you. This is chess, like we said, not checkers. Let's see how they line up. If they're going to bracket them and double them and beat up on them at the line of scrimmage, throw the ball somewhere else. Well, what we saw was him throw the ball somewhere else. Eleven different and receivers, and Morona Laulupututau back on the field. Somebody was asking me, "Well, I don't understand why Bushman didn't get more targets." Well, I'm saying when you see Moroni get the targets, those are areas that Matt would have, but Matt's drawing some some flair. And Moroni is going to get some of those looks, and he's going to come down with some catches. Well, pretty soon, I think that if they keep on sp- spreading the ball around the way they're spreading it around, Bushman will get back in the game anyway because they're not going to be able to bracket him. Mm-hmm. They have to start something, stop something else. Yeah, yeah. As other step up, it becomes more available for Bushman. No question. Um, we're going to transition away from the USC game and start looking ahead to Washington. But uh, overall, uh, who would you give your game ball to? Either a player or a coach, Will, from, from what you saw on uh, last Saturday? Uh, I, I've got, I mean, there's. It, you it, can give it, away. It's a complete team game. You can game. give multiple, multiple game balls if you well, want. Well, obviously, I, I would give a, a game ball to share for both of the OCs. So, for really the, the offensive staff, Fessy Sataki has done an unbelievable job with these receivers. They're going up, they're making catches, they're getting open. Not a lot of drop balls this Not year. Not a lot of drop balls. He's done a good job with what he has, without a doubt. So, Fessy Sataki would probably get one game ball for me, obviously. Um, so it would be a shared game ball between Fessy Sataki, Aaron Roderick, and Jeff Grimes as the shared game ball. And then the player game ball would still always go to Kyrus Tonga. Mm. I mean, it was dominant. And then my boy Tyson, I mean, what did he do, 111? What did he run for, a 111? Yeah. 20 carries? 20 carries? 
Yeah. 19, 19, 20 carries. Still not enough carries for me. I, I want to see him at 24, 25. But, but Asupka's running the ball very well. So I think that I, I'm happy with 19 to 20 carries for Tyson. And then Asupka, you know, you know, three, four, five carries. And then maybe another three, four, five carries for, uh, for, um, Katoa. You're, you're talking about the receivers and their reception ability. Dax Milne's catch in the end zone uh, under good defense was fantastic. But I did a video review of Talon Shumway's one-handed catch backwards. Did you, did, you, yeah. did, did you take a look at that, Scotty? I don't know. That is one of the most bizarre catches I've ever seen. Talon's falling backwards. Number two, the corner for USC is well great. into his chest. Yeah. yeah, he's beat up into his chest. Ball's underthrown. Ball was underthrown, and, and somehow Shumway throws a leg underneath him, stops on a dime, and extends his left hand to kind of shovel the ball back up into his body and, and come up with that catch. It's bizarre. You can see all that at 1280thezone.com. I've, I've got that and, and many of the other great catches that are on film review if you want to go back and look at those. 97.5, 1280The Zone, up for grabs today. I got a pair of BYU tickets we'll be giving away. If you want to come by, stop by, put your name uh, in the hopper for a chance to win those. Also, I got a ton of jazz gear we're giving away as well. It's all right here on 97.5, 1280The Zone, live Tim Daly Infinity, uh, 4594 South State Street. Come by, hang out with us, grab some gear, put your name in the box for a chance to win some tickets right here on the Zone Sports Network. This is DJ and PK. Riley Jensen joining us, College Football Insider. I mean, honestly, I think BYU's back. And I don't even care what happens this weekend. I think BYU's back. There'll be nothing to hang their head about after this weekend. And quite honestly, if they come out of this 3-1, and one, I mean, I never would have told you they'd be 3-1. and one. And if they're 2-2, two and two, that's still super impressive. And so I really think BYU's back. And the reason why is, is I think we all know that Zach Wilson is a good quarterback. You're going to see him really start to come into his own. Because I think he's played solid football. I don't think he's played lights out football and they're still winning football games i mean when he starts playing lights out i think BYU's a scary team right now catch dj and pk mornings from 6 till 10 presented by wcf insurance reminding you to be careful out there on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Seven five twelve eighty the zone and the zone sports network. Hanson Scotty will getting into arguments here at Tim Daly Infinity. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm just, I'm not, this guy's always on me. He just every time he sees me, he just wants to. You know what I mean? I, I don't. What am I to do? I'm a regular man. I mean, I, I mean, but he makes great points. And, We'll continue to have this conversation on Saturday at, at, at the game, at before the game and after the game. And hopefully he's going to see something that he likes and, and I don't have to argue. Uh, no, uh, I'm with you. I, and I'm with you, brother. I, I'm with you. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, we're on air. We need you to back off so that we can actually. You don't have a headset. so Talk to the people in their cars and not just the one person who's standing here at the dealership. But uh, honestly, Will, you know, you think about 
this big game for Washington now coming on the road. How big is this game for BYU? Huge. Uh, obviously, it, 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 this game, every game has been huge for them hands, but this is this is the one that's going to kind of propel you back into, you know, more pressure because you win this game and everyone says, man, you beat Washington, a great team, a, a Pac-12 team. You beat three Pac-12 teams. You know, now there's a lot of expectation for you, and then you got to fly to Toledo. And those are the things that those are where traps come, right? And that's where I think USC kind of got in a little bit of a trap when they came out here. And there's a and I, there's a little bit of a feel of a trap for Washington uh, coming here, not really understanding what they're getting into. They're getting into a real football game this weekend, and it's always tough before you get into your into your conference play. So for both programs, this is both this is huge for both of them. Washington still has their eyes set on the roses, right? They want to be in the Rose Bowl. That's their goal. And if they lose this game, they're not going to be in the Rose Bowl. They're, they're not going to this. They're not going to be a top. They're not going to have a shot at the playoff. They need this game. BYU needs this game just as much because it's going to be another confidence builder and put them in the position where know what we've got a chance to really run the table we have a chance to i'm not telling you i'm not saying running the table winning is hard at any level it's amazing that us as fans and as analysts act like winning's easy i've coached little league football for years i I work with high school players all across the country i coach seven on seven and it's not like you just go in and oh we're just gonna win no, everyone wants to win. Everyone is working their tail off. It's hard to win, Hans. So this game this weekend is huge for Kalani Sataki. I think without a doubt, it locks up his, his contract. Whether he won, lost to Boise State and lost to Utah State, it, it, it still, this is the man to lead the program. So it's huge for Kalani. It's huge for his staff. And if they don't pay Kalani and, and get his money here soon, pretty soon it's going to be, Okay, and then he and then he goes ten and two, eleven and one. There's going to be a lot of people knocking on his door. Well, I will say this: if he, <laughs> if, if he beats Washington this weekend, and this is just me because Kalani's a, a classier and better person than I am. But if I were Kalani and Tom walks into my office and said, "Hey, you know, um, I I think we we need to get this finalized." And if I'm Kalani, I'm like, no, Tom, you're right. Maybe we should wait till the end of the season. Yeah, let's see how it all plays let's, out. Let's just lay how let's see how this plays out. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> now Kalani wouldn't do that because Kalani's classy and I'm not. But uh, that's that's how that's maybe. Well, how I, I, would I think that's it. a classy move. I, mean, I think that's a business move. So yeah. you know, I'd support it either way. Um, but but I do think they need to they, they need to decide what they want to do and realize what they've got and what they don't. I think you got to return class with class, and and I you know I don't think letting Kalani after what he was able to prove in a rebound Kalani do what he did and not sign him to an extension is a problem and and you saw how it worked out for Utah State Scotty yep they could have they they were close and I think there was conversations about making a move on Matt Wells and two years later he's got him 11 and 2 and uh and a top 25 finish think about that Will. so Matt what was that a three-win season yeah Matt went three and nine in was that 16? Yeah, in 2016. Um, they, six and six. And, and, and instead of firing him, they give him some resources. The next year he goes six and six. And the year after that he goes 11 and two. And then where is he? Is he, is he coaching? Oh, no, no. And now he's cashing some very big checks. <laughs> was, it a, was it 3.2? 3.5, I 3. thought. 3.5. 3.5. Yeah. So similar Five to what years. Bronco Mendenhall yeah. took with Virginia. Yeah, yeah. So here's, here, here's what I'm trying to help people understand is, 
Because they're like, well, Hanch, you got to understand, Tom Omar, he already talked about it. BYU does it different. His contract's not up next year. Hold on, man. You don't think do things different like that. No. You don't think you can get away with things different like that. And also just for It's not the way to handle a coach. It's not. That's a, a guy who's all in. So and, you, you want Kalani to go across the country and resurrect a, a Texas Tech or, a, you know, a Virginia? Is that what you want to see him go do? I don't, I don't want to risk it. It would be horrible to see that. And, and BYU is risking that right now. Majorly. It's, it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. How but would I, you handle I, that contract, I, Scotty? I, I understand. Let me say one thing. I okay. mean, and then, I mean, I understand where people are. They want to see them beat the, the, the rivals. And I, and I was having that argument a minute. You've got to beat the rivals, but that's hard, too. Let's not pretend like it's just easy. You've got to build your program. You've got to build and build and build like Utah State built and built and built to where they are now. And like Utah has built and built and built to where their program is now. Kalani still has a lot of building to do. That's not sitting there th- acting like he's in the office like, I'm arrived. We've got everything. No, that's not where he is. There's so much more to do to be able to compete on the same level that, that the fans are asking him to compete on. Well, he had the four-win season, but before that he had nine wins. Last year they go seven and six. This year they're going to be over six and six. They'll have a bowl. Very difficult. I mean, like, Very difficult it's schedules. not like, you know, the Gary Croton years where he went, you know, had the big first year and then he went three consecutive losing seasons. Yeah. Kalani's got one losing season uh, two years ago, and he'll follow that up with back-to-back winning seasons. It's not like the program's destitute where you're like, we got to make a move right now. No, you see the overall growth and trajectory of this program. And it's not like and you're frankly, Urban Meyer. And frankly, when you allowed Kalani to go hire his own offensive coordinator, that's when it got better. Yeah. Did I say that out loud? You did. Yeah. Sorry. I'm uncomfortable with that statement. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move on. Let's move on from that because that was that, that was hurtful to me. Uh, man, the Cougar Nation. <laughs> You don't, you don't like Ty Detmer? Is that lo- what you're saying? No, I love Ty Detmer. Okay. Just well, saying, let's in- I don't want Ty Detmer as my offensive coordinator. Okay. Let's move on, Hans. I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has, it has. The offensive staff has worked out well for wow. Kalani. And, 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 and it is, it's continuing to impress. Uh, well, that's why this guy has a job. He, 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 Scotty, I mean, Scotty G knows what's up. Yeah. But I'll tell you, another great hire is Kalani's cousin, uh, Fessy. He's, yeah. he's done a good job. Done a really good job. He has, man. To watch the receivers start to secure catches and watch their growth and improvement I, I, from that three-win year oh, to, to now. Well, man, there, there's been some real growth and improvement. Yeah, and I'm so, a Ben Cahoon. I'm a Ben Cahoon fan. You know that. Oh yeah, like, I love Ben. And and I don't know if anybody's ever. Well, he's got all the records in in the Canadian League. And he was great when he played with us at BYU. Wonderful, but yeah, great leader, great great man. But I'm seeing I'm seeing the right improvement and the right trajectory for these receivers. And so I agree with you. I think Defensively, offensively, I mean, Fessy's been great. they're doing a good job. I mean, let's just face it. They're doing a good job. I know we're, you know, you want to, everyone wants to always see more, and I think that with time you're going to see more. Well, you know, it kind of bugs me that this is a storyline, and I know that BYU fans get surly over this conversation, and they were surly in our post game, and they're like, why are we talking extension? I would just want to know why we were able to convert on a first, on a third and fourth. I want to know that, you know, and, but, but to me, it's a conversation piece, man, because you are close to losing him if you don't take care of business. In fact, didn't PK just put out a piece? Yep. 12 to the zone.com. Yep. I have not had a chance to read it because it was released just as the show was starting. But you go to 12 to the zone.com and PK wants to start a trend called hashtag 
Let's see. Extend I got to get to the. Uh, yeah, I think it's hashtag extend Kalani. Yeah, hashtag extend Kalani. BYU should pull the trigger and hashtag extend Kalani. You should go read that piece. I'm, I'm excited to read it as well because that's kind of where we're at with conversation. Yeah. Because now we're seeing all this beautiful trend and we're like, oh, oh, geez, don't, don't let that go. Yeah. And people are like, no, you wait until after the Boise State and Utah State game. And what Scotty is saying is, well, that could be too late then. It really could be. <laughs> if it's not too late already. You know, I, I, I know I've hounded this, but Western Michigan re-signs the coach that you just beat to a pulp in the Idaho Potato Bowl. They re-signed him, and he had two years left on his contract. Yeah. Well, I will tell you without a doubt that I know Kalani Sataki very well. Very, very well. And I can tell you without a doubt. I'm not telling you he's told me this, but I can tell you. Just knowing who he is. Just knowing who this man is. He's, he's a man of honor. He's a man of trust. He's a man of belief. He's a man of faith. He's a man of, of, of uh, commitment. He wants people who are committed to him. He's committed to people who are committed to him. That's what I'll tell you. He's committed to people who are committed to him, and we have not shown that we're really committed to him. It is reality. Mm. Go read the tea leaves on that. Yep. 202, Hans and Scotty right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone here at Tim Daly Infinity. Uh, the great thing, and, you know, we've been down at Tim Daly Nissan a bunch of times. This is a Tim Daly directive across the board where they have a forever warranty on new and pre-owned vehicles in stock. Imagine never having to worry about your car issues because it's under warranty. Guess what? They've got that program now. Come down and find out more of it. It's the Tim Daly uh, forever warranty on their new and used vehicles, and these Infinities are priced to move. So come down, 4594 South State Street. It's right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.